Thanks for joining Walt and me today. My name is Brenda McCord. Each week, we look forward to sharing lessons from God's Word. This podcast, Walk with God, is part of our ministry, Discover God's Truth. We invite you to visit the website and subscribe at discovergodstruth.org, where you can grow and be encouraged in your personal walk with the Lord. We appreciate the outreach ministry of TheAwakeningWorldwide.com. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Walk with God. My name is Brenda, and I'm glad you've joined me. Last week, we talked about the compound name of God, Jehovah Saba, the Lord, our warrior. And today, we're going to consider another compound name, Jehovah Roy, the Lord, my shepherd. Well, personally, I've always had a fascination with sheep and goats. My grandfather raised goats, and we had some very good family friends who owned a sheep farm. And one day, my father had gone to visit his friend, and he came home with a precious gift for us, our little lamb, and we named her Princess. We kept her in the kitchen, and we fed her with a bottle. Her mother had died, and she did not um, have any way to be cared for, is why she ended up in our kitchen. And she was soft and had long gangly legs and a black nose. Our family enjoyed watching over this little lamb until she was able to be returned to the flock. And in this week's Bible passage, while many of us are familiar with Psalm 23 and maybe have even memorized this particular chapter, we are going to take a close look at phrases and words found in this psalm that was written by David. David wrote from his practical experience and the understanding that he had gained after many years tending his father's sheep. And he begins by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's take that word is. It means to remain, to endure, abide, or stay. And David says, the Lord is beside me. He endures and abides. He's right here with me. He is my shepherd. That personal relationship with Jehovah, the Lord. And David knew that the Lord was with him as even as he was in those pastures and walking around with these flocks of sheep. You know, sheep need a shepherd. They're pretty helpless. They're defenseless and stubborn. And I dare say they can be very stupid animals. They can wander directly into trouble or danger. And in fact, in John ten fourteen, we read, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That's that personal relationship David is referring to. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he goes on and says, I shall not want. I have all that I need. He will provide it for me. David says he wants to be utterly content in his good shepherd. 
we need to take some time to reflect on his goodness and generosity to us. I know I can be particularly guilty of not having a heart filled with thanksgiving and with gratitude. We have a shepherd who wants to care for us, watch over us, and provide all that we may need. Well, now David goes on and he talks about some of the care the shepherd actually provides for us. First, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, a good shepherd knows what's best for a sheep, knows just what they need. And I remember often saying to our sons, and I've even now said it to some of our grandsons, boy, I wish someone would tell me it was nap time and make me lay down and rest. It's true, right? There's times when our kids are so tired that we have to make them lay down. I'm not tired, mom. I'm not tired. But the good shepherd takes and leads us and he makes us lie down. We all need those times of rest and restoration. But we often just keep running through our day. I know I'm guilty of saying, I'll just do one more thing on my to-do list. And before I know it, I've not gone to bed in the right time in the evening and I'm getting to bed too late. Well, not only does the Good Shepherd make me lie down, but he leads me to a green pasture. And when I think of a green pasture, I'm reminded of the rolling hills and mountains of my home state in Pennsylvania. I think of just the beauty and the pleasure. Um, I would go out in my backyard and lay in the green grass and look up at the sky. You know, the Good Shepherd guides and directs us to green pastures. He also leads us beside quiet waters. That means that he goes before, he shows the way. Isaiah 48, 7 says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. He directs my steps and he takes to quiet water. Sheep will not drink from running, gurgling water. And so sometimes shepherds have to actually create a still pool of water off to the side. They'll pile up rocks and allow the fresh water to come into a pool that is not gurgling or rushing so that the sheep will actually come and drink from that water. They can drink safely and not be frightened. I do want to tell you, if you've never read Philip Keller's book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, I highly recommend it to you. It provides insight for readers through the eyes of a shepherd as he cares for his flock of sheep. Well, as we continue on in Psalm 23, um, David has talked about lying down and getting rest and that we need quiet waters. And now he's going to move from physical care to actually restoring my soul. He restores my soul. Restore has that sense of strengthen, to revitalize, renew, to build up, to recover. And there's an old English shepherd's term for sheep. It's called cast down. 
And this means that a sheep has actually turned over on its back and cannot get up again by itself. And unless the shepherd is watching and caring and notices this sheep in distress, the sheep can actually die at laying on its back. It's not able to tip itself back over. And the shepherd actually goes over and helps that sheep get back on its side and then up onto its feet. Great diligence and care for his sheep's well-being. Remember, the shepherd comes quietly, gently, reassuringly to you and to me, no matter when or where or how we may be cast down, he restores my soul. And then he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Again, this word guide, direct, leads, he shepherds us. Isaiah 53, 6 tells us, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We don't choose to walk in paths of righteousness, but rather we stray from that path. And he desires to guide us, to direct us for every decision in our life. The problem is most of us don't want to follow Um, I don't want him to guide me into paths of righteousness, and yet he tenderly comes alongside and shepherds and leads us. In his book, The Power of God's Names, Tony Evans writes, God guides us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. A name represents reputation and character. To do something for the sake of God's name is to do it for the expansion of his glory and for the fame of his reputation. God guides us in a way that brings him glory. So as he leads us and guides us in paths of righteousness, it's for our own good and it brings glory to his name. Well, you know, we often walk through difficult times, and David recognizes that as he comes to this next verse, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can't always live on the mountaintop in life. We will face trials and struggles in this world. We often feel like we're in the shadow or in darkness, or we feel very alone, And then we quickly become fearful. However, the psalmist continues on and says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For you, the good shepherd, are with me. The Lord has promised throughout his written word that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. When our boys were little, we would listen to salty songs and one of the fa- my favorite songs that we would sing together went like this. When I am afraid, I will trust in him. I will trust in him. I will trust in him. When I am afraid, I will trust in him. In God whose word I praise. And I still find myself humming that song. Repetition helps us grasp the truth. When I am afraid... I will trust in him. I'll fear no evil. Why? Because 
I know you are with me. And then David goes on and says, the good shepherd has tools that he uses for his trade, your rod and your staff. And David's referring to those practical items that he used as he was a shepherd. The rod was his weapon to chase off wild animals. And remember, David was very good with the slingshot. And then a shepherd also carries a staff. And that staff was used to gently guide sheep. Or the crook of the staff would be helpful to reach into a thicket and rescue a sheep who had wandered off the path. Well, now David talks about a difficult part of his life that he faced over and over again, his enemies. And I love this picture in my mind. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, the good shepherd loves his sheep and he provides all that we need. In fact, he prepares it for us. He plans ahead and makes preparation. So in the middle of the dark valley, with enemies all around, the good shepherd prepares a table. And I want us to remember and think right now about enemies and remember that they have different faces. Some examples might include people who don't see things the way you do. Others might not like the way you do business or ministry, so their words are critical or judgmental toward you. And of course, the enemy of our souls, Satan, he seeks to kill and destroy, and he's always lurking around ready to tear us down. So we see that the Lord prepares a table, he plans ahead, and then we're going to go into really a beautiful section of where we see the tenderness of the shepherd. You have anointed my head with oil. And when I envision this, I see the shepherd carefully examining each one of his sheep to make sure that they're not injured in any way, that they are not being irritated. And when I say irritated, I think especially of flies in the summertime. Flies will will be around the face of sheep and they'll try to get into, as it were, their ears and their nose. And it's very um, irritating and frustrating for sheep. It can work them into a frenzy. And the shepherd will apply an antidote, um, an oil that has herbs in it and linseed oil to their head. And this needs to be repeated throughout the season. And so it's that first examination, but then it's continuing to watch over his sheep each day, that tender care of the shepherd. And then he notices if they've been injured. And once again, he'll bend down and pour that healing oil over the wound so that his sheep can heal. You know, we're all broken and we all have suffered wounds in this life. We live in a sinful, broken world. But our good shepherd sees the irritations and our hurts. And he's always ready to apply the healing oil for his precious sheep. 
The next three words just grab my heart. My cup overflows. You know, typically when we pour a glass of milk or we pour some iced tea, we don't want it to overflow. But God tells us here, he will provide all that I need. In fact, he will fill my cup. But friends, he is going to fill your cup until it spills over. We have a generous shepherd. His provisions are sufficient but they are generous. And then as David closes, he says, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I might be struggling and I might be confused, but this I know for sure. God's goodness and his hesed, his loyal, loving kindness will lead me, will guide me, will give me wisdom and direction all the days of my life, and I will not, I hope, or maybe, but I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David knows he will be in the presence of the Lord forever. This is our assurance. It's our eternal destiny. Well, when I recall the memory of sitting on our kitchen floor, bottle feeding that little lamb, I have to smile. We certainly loved her, her soft woolly body, long gangly legs, and her sweet black nose. But a deeper truth shines through for me today. We named her Princess, and we cared for her until she could return to the flock. And we have a good shepherd who calls us by name. We know his voice. And he takes tender, loving care of us all the days of our life. Our hearts should be filled with praise and adoration because we have a good shepherd who provides, restores, guides, protects. He's a comforter. He's a generous giver. And he is a personal God. He knows us. And so as we think about walking with God today, What do I need to commit to prayer, asking for my shepherd's guidance, protection, and provision? And I ask myself this question, am I wandering away from or drawing close to the Lord? Are there some areas where I need the Lord to restore me spiritually and emotionally? The Lord is my shepherd. He invites each of us into a personal relationship with him. When we accept his free gift, he promises to lead us, restore our souls, and guide our steps. Life in the pasture with our good shepherd will still have rough patches and struggles. But friends, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Next week, we will prepare our hearts for Holy Week and Good Friday as we look at the name Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Join me as we continue to walk with God. Thank you for listening to this lesson from God's Word. Walk with God is part of the teaching ministry of Discover God's Truth. Visit our website at discovergodstruth.org. We appreciate the outreach ministry of theawakeningworldwide.com.